This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air. Otago Access Radio, in partnership with Otago Polytech, brings you Blowing Bubbles. Blowing Bubbles brings you positive conversations with people in their bubbles around the world. How are people living their bubble lives? Working from home, keeping kids entertained, and staying connected and getting exercise. And how are these things presenting us with the opportunities to find new ways of living? Every weekday, the Sustainable Lens team of Samuel Mann, Shan Gallagher and Mara Karatai reach out from their bubbles to chat with interesting and positive people around the world. Broadcast on Otago Access Radio 105.4 FM and streamed and podcast on oar.org.nz and sustainablelens.org. Bringing connection, joy, kindness and peace in the days ahead. Welcome to Blowing Bubbles, positive conversations with people in their safe spaces, their bubbles around the world. I'm Samuel Mann in Sawyers Bay in Dunedin and I'm joined by Andy Thompson and Joe Thompson they're related in Port Chalmers Dunedin which is actually remarkably close to Sawyers Bay Dunedin welcome hey thanks for having thanks for having us along it's great to be along how is your bubble going oh our bubble's going fantastic actually um we've uh we've I I should you know Lots of people are having a hard time, but we, we, it's actually worked out really well for us in the sense that um, we enjoy each other's company. We're not tearing each other apart, um, and uh, and I've managed to, um, uh, for my part, um, put myself onto several projects that I've really enjoyed over the time period, and it's it's given me um, uh, that time to reflect and uh, that time to kind of get a breath, really. So uh, we've actually enjoyed the. The time and we're very very lucky we're very very grateful for our health um everybody's got that in the world i know uh, and um and we we, we sincerely wish uh, them the best but we so far have got our health so we're very lucky and are you working from home yeah so um i, I kind of do i do three jobs um uh, my main job is with the otago polytechnic running the uh student hall which is te Pateo Era. And we've had a uh, limited amount of people that are stuck there. So the internationals are stuck there. And um, that's been, I've, I've limited the amount of staff that go in there each day. So our evening duty manager goes in in the evening, checks in on the, on the, uh, on the residents. Um, there's only 11 there um, and we have 231 beds. So um, he looks after those guys. So I, I manage everything from, the, from our bubble, from our home at the moment. Um, and uh, and once we end up changing the levels from level three to two, then we'll we'll uh, the doors will open, and then we'll be um, we'll be going back to the village. But then the other job that I do was I run a photography company and direct that. And so, yeah, that's been a, a great opportunity to focus in on that. Excuse the pun, um, but um, uh, I've been spending as much time as I can in my spare time when it allows and doesn't interfere with my job at the at the village is uh, working on my photography and, and working on a little project. So that's been really cool. And then my third job is um, uh, teaching in the outdoors and outdoor education and uh, assessing national qualifications. But, of course, not a lot of that's going on in New Zealand at the moment. That's all come to a halt. Um, and so, yeah, really missing that. But um, but the photography side of things really picked up for me. It's fantastic. And you, Joe? 
Yep, I've um, been working from home as well. I'm working in a capable New Zealand at Otago Polytech. Um, apart from the fact I've had no face-to-face -face contact with people, work has pretty much been the same because it was already online with learners um, before the lockdown started. Um, yeah, certainly haven't had that slightly uh, relaxed time that Andy's had to recuperate and refresh. Um, I feel like I've been busier than I was before the lockdown. <laughs> I haven't been that relaxed. But anyway. <laughs> yeah, and a few emergency board meetings in there because like Andy, I also assess for the New Zealand Outdoor Instructors Association and I'm one of the board members. So we've been having quite a few kind of emergency meetings through this time to look at both how the association's going, but also looking at the impact on the outdoors of New Zealand as well. And are you getting out and getting some exercise? Yeah, never enough though. Um, I guess um, uh, it's been actually quite challenging because when you when you get told that you can only go certain places or goes do certain things, um, and you you prior to that, uh, prior to all this happening, you kind of have your usual routines for exercise, and you know you jump on a bike and go, and then you go out. Uh, we do quite a bit of Walker Armour now, and we love that, and um, and then also we love um, heading into the bush and the hills and things like that. So, yeah, it's it's been challenging to adjust and make sure that we get enough exercise. We're, we're kind of like little puppies. We need to be we need to be walked quite regularly, and um, uh, and that's um, that's quite challenging. And, and so we've had to adjust um, a lot of things with our exercise. So it kind of started off with um, we've got we've got a couple of cycle trainers um, in the garage. And so I started off um, going into the garage and getting on my cycle trainer. And as some people will, uh, a lot of people will appreciate, if you jump on a cycle trainer without any sort of program, it's really boring. And so um, so that started. Then we started hauling exercise gear into the house because then we could get Wi-Fi. Um, and then I did a couple of sessions um, online with, uh, and this is no disrespect to American people, but... Um, but with an American lady that just drove me absolutely insane. Um, and it was too rah-rah for me. And so uh, then Joe found this uh, Global Cycling Network, which is a British um, lot, and they do amazing cycle things. And now we're really hooked on uh, jumping <laughs> onto programs and, you know, that they're pushing us along and that's been awesome. And, you know, uh, work and things like that, um, sorry, walking, out walking with a dog. The dog Molly always has to get us out. You know, Molly takes us for walks, which is our little dog, Kenty Terrier. Early morning. Yeah, early morning. She would walk all day. She had the chance. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we take her for a walk. We get back. We feed her, and then she looks up and goes, "Are we going again?" Um, or uh, uh, and then if she realizes that we're not going again, she takes a sleep. I'm actually quite an envious of a dog. I mean, a dog has a very good. You know, some dogs have very have it wired. Um, and, uh, you know, eat, walk, sleep, run, grab a stick, chew it. That's pretty, you know, pretty easy. <laughs> Sometimes I'm envious. <laughs> you requested Fleetwood Mac, and I had a whole pile of songs to choose from, all of which have got appropriate uh, titles or messages. <laughs> Tell me all the things you can do. Save me as long as you follow me. But I decided that we were going to be playing Don't Stop. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. Yep, that's a good one.
So what do you think we're seeing in a different way? Ooh, good question. Uh, I think mm. that uh, for me it was definitely the, the peace and quiet. Yeah, it was like you noticed far more birds. And I, I know I've seen a few scientists say that they don't reckon there are any more birds. We're just noticing them more, although I'm pretty sure that there are more birds around. Um, and it was a real stark difference because we've been doing lots of sunrises um, through our exercise in this time. And just after we moved into level three, probably two days after, we went for another walk with Molly. And I just really noticed how humans make so much noise. Yes. They're like yeah. elephants, aren't they? I like elephants, but humans are like elephants. Yeah. I'm in a bit of an elephant in the morning. There's no mm. doubt about it. So I, I think it's one of those just appreciating what we have around us in our own neighbourhoods is definitely something I, I personally really take from it. And talking to others, they're also really taking from it. Yeah, and the, the big thing is, um, I guess, vehicle noise um, has been radically um, different from level four to level three. We've noticed a difference in regards to more traffic movement. And also when we went to level three, um, more trucks were kind of moving on the road. And it's um, it's a tough one because uh, more transport, uh, you know, I presume that, um, you know, when forestry started, um, there were more logging trucks kind of coming down and they're pretty rattly. Uh, but you, you know, it's, it's, I think, um, I cannot think of a time, uh, certainly, um, and there might have been that I don't know of, in the 20th century and definitely in the 21st century, has there ever been a time when uh, the whole country got told to stop and stay home and stay safe? And by doing that, uh, it's made, uh, it's a very, very brief moment. I mean, geologically, it's nothing. Um, if you look at it in those terms, but human-wise, you know, we look at four weeks and everybody's, um, you know, they have their economical and business and financial issues. But by golly jeepers, the um, the environmental impact on our local environment and our local community is has been quite dramatic. Um, and you know, I remember reading stories of when sailors would come up through uh, through the Dunedin Harbour. And uh, Bush used to go down to the uh, down to the sea, and when they went at night, you know, get to go to sleep at night, the the the, the dawn chorus and birds going to bed at night, it was deafening. It was so loud. It just would have been absolutely amazing to. I'm sure. I'm sure they didn't really appreciate it at the time. They just thought it was ratty and and loud. But honestly, um, it's just a little bit of. Um, a time, like we've had a time warp window to look through um, on what the world could be without um, the tra traffic and the noise and and all those all that sort of busyness that we've kind of experienced about lives really. Given that that is going to come back, it has already largely come back. Yeah. What societal changes have you seen that might stick, and what do you hope will stick? I think one of the things that I've noticed is is that less busyness, um, and I think that's good for everybody. Um, you know, society we used to sort of pride ourselves on how busy we were, and I actually just think that means life is stressful, and that and that's not a good place to be because with stress you often end up a lot iller as well. And so, trying to 
keep life less busy, I think is one of the big things. Um, I also think that we've had this really amazing opportunity to see we can do things differently and that it's not necessarily quite as scary as we often think. You know, as humans, we often dislike the idea of change, but change is the only constant and we've been forced into a major change. And so, you know, so many conversations have started around how we can do things differently. And I really hope they continue when we get momentum on those yeah and i think the the busyness thing i mean um uh, a couple of years ago i decided that um when people talk to me i would say uh or you know i'd say oh how's it going and it was a real common um reaction that people would say oh i'm flat out i'm busy i'm really busy and uh and i absolutely loathed um and i still loathe that sort of reaction and i and i decided to change that approach and so when people ask how's it going or what are you up to, you know that chit chat chit chat um, at the coffee store, um, then uh, then I would um, my reaction was I'm not busy, I'm not busy at all, quite relaxed actually, um, and uh, if anything, then I tell people that I'm very engaged in what I'm doing, um, and that might look as I'm busy, but I'm just engaged and I'm happy to drop tools to have a chat to you. So um, that would be um, a really good thing for people to take on. I'd love people to kind of think um or rethink and re-engineer their day to not be so busy and um you know as we kind of go back slowly to what people want the norm to be after all the lockdown things are all done and how can we um how can we how can you the the challenge for each person is how can you re-engineer your day so you're not as busy and you have time for other people um, you have time to to have a ch- chat, um, and even when you are busy, to be able to recognise that and then just slow yourself down and and take a breath. So, yeah, I'm all about not being busy, and if that could make a change to many people, I think it would actually enhance and improve their lives in some way. Liesel Mitchell is a downtown dweller, urban explorer, and conversationalist, observing city life in lockdown. Hi there bubble people, it's Lee Saul and I hope you're having a great afternoon. Uh, It's another beautiful day in Dunedin. Well, even if it's not, it's always a beautiful day in Dunedin. I think one of the cool things about this city um, that I love is that Okay, I was going to say we can get really cosy inside on a cold day, but actually a lot of our houses are really drafty and cold and not double glazed and poor insulation. But actually, even with all of that, we have the kinds of houses that you can make super cosy. Like there's just something about, you know, an old villa, say, that has poor insulation, you know, drafty as, cold as not really great um, heating systems and some of the original ones but you get one of those old fires going and you get some rugs and maybe have to get the old hot water bottle out and you know maybe you have to get a little bit creative the old uh, woolly socks on etc maybe a beanie and um, you can get really cozy and there's something lovely about that and I feel like as we're heading into those sort of wintery kind of days that uh, there's nothing nicer than getting cozy and I think Dunedin offers us lots of 
lots of days where we can get cosy. So, so hopefully we will not be um, locked in our houses for the next uh, season of, of Dunedin, um, Dunedin weather systems. But, um, but you know, in some ways winter is not a bad time to have to spend a bit of time inside. And in, in some ways maybe as we move into these next kind of um, few weeks where things might start to change up again, um, that it, it might actually be really good to, to make the most of being cosy, staying inside, and um, even though we might have a little bit more freedom and um, that will be exciting and there'll be some things that I know everyone's been looking forward to doing and I know I'm looking forward to doing as well. Um, most of all, uh, going to a cafe and sitting in a cafe would be incredible. But of course, actually, before I even do that, family and friends the people that I haven't seen for for all of lockdown and I'm sure you've got some people in your life that you're looking forward to um, spending time with again and you know even even though we've spent time lots of time probably virtually keeping in touch with our, our people that we don't have in our bubbles um, there's something really I don't know there's something different about real life isn't there like I think uh, the the virtual connection is incredible and it does help you feel connected to each other and stay in touch and um, you know still feel like you've got people listening to you and understanding you and being there for you and vice versa but um, there's something really unique I think about being in someone's physical presence and that I think in a way has been highlighted by not being in people's physical presence so kind of understanding that that there's something else that happens when you're um, in someone's proximity so the fact that we've been kind of conditioned over the last few months really to keep our distance from people it will be interesting to see how we all start to um, adapt as um, restrictions get a little bit uh, looser and we can maybe move around a bit more and meet up with people how will we feel about being in people's physical space and uh, how will that affect us and will we have to sort of rethink that again and change it up or will we actually find oh this is our natural sort of state anyway being in people's physical space so it actually feels okay because I think for me it's been a real um, conscious exercise whenever I've walked around town or anything like that and I've run into other people um, to have to socially distance it's something that is not a natural thing it definitely feels like something I've got to concentrate on and remind myself to do so as there's a little bit more freedom and a little bit more um, maybe lifting of the the rules on these things it will be interesting to sort of a what it feels like to be a little bit more free to interact but also be how maybe we will have to continue to have some of those distances from people and um, how that feels on an ongoing sort of basis. Anyway, some of my thoughts for today and uh, I just hope that you're keeping well, staying safe, look after yourself, talk soon. Joe, you work on the Bachelor of Leadership for Change. How are the learners going? Um. <clears throat> On the whole, most of them are going really well. We've definitely had to have a few um, pivots. We've had some learners that are in their uh, third year of the degree and, and on their long projects and in those early stages. And 
they definitely planned on doing things that were face-to-face interacting with people um and so it's given them quite a challenge to re-engineer and rethink how they can do their projects in light of what uh, the lockdown has presented um I think we're really lucky that our learners tend to be quite positive um, people with um, definitely at least a growth mindset so that when problems like this present themselves, although they may initially go into a bit of a spin, they're very solution focused. They'll kind of go, okay, how do I relook at this and reshape it so I can still have the impact I want on the communities and organizations that I'm wanting to have the impact on? Do you Um, think it's... Do you think it's caused any to rethink what they're trying to achieve, not just in terms of their project, but in the, in the bigger picture? Um, I definitely think um, it, it's starting to go that way. They, they've had that chance to pause. Um, I was actually really lucky to just yesterday have a conversation with actually one of our learners that uh, graduated at the beginning of the year, so a slightly ex-learner now, and um, she works in alternative education and uh, she's been looking at how you can change education and her whole school has had to complete, like all teachers have had to completely relook at how they do education. And her principal has taken this on as a really prime opportunity to just in general relook at how they do things in the school. Um, and so they're busily kind of looking at how they reshape that as they they head back to, I suppose, level two and the idea of having students on site. Let's have another Fleetwood Mac song. Let's put on Never Going Back Again. You seem to be describing a positive future. Let's let's go in that direction, shall we? Perfect. Yeah, I love it. Bring it on. Break it up.
Andy, you've been working on photography projects. Yes. Ah, uh, yes. Yeah. Um, uh, I guess. Well, um, when the when the level four came on, I um, I was uh, I started writing vlogs, and I got quite excited about that. Um, and uh, part of that was to share photography tips to help other people. Um, and uh, and also it was a chance to kind of write um, a little bit or to kind of express myself in regards to my own journey and experience with it. So every day I kind of got out and it's easy to get out. For, I mean, I, I take photos most every day. Um, and um, I think I once saw you not carrying a camera. <laughs> I probably have one in my pocket, though. <laughs> I have many cameras that kind of slip around me somewhere. Um, yes. Uh, yeah, yeah, I am a little obsessed with it. But um, um, the good thing is is that the blogs kind of was a transfer. And then I kind of hit a writer's block. Um, and uh, as you know, I stopped sending them to you. I was kind of got <laughs> stuck. And I, I half wrote, too. And I just couldn't get past it for some reason. Um um, but then it struck me, um, actually, uh, I started a project called Portraits on the Porch. And uh, um, and w I just wish I had started at the beginning of Level 4. <laughs> I so wished. I, I photographed um, at the moment, after tomorrow, I've probably photographed 53 people um, within the community in West Harbour. Um, and that's not bad going because I have another job. So I have to I, I manage that other job, make sure I get it all done, uh, and then the portrait stuff doesn't actually take me long. And if you're doing local, I try and cycle or walk to the places if I get a chance, because then I get some exercise and fresh air. Um, so the idea is uh, behind portraits on a porch is it's about connecting. Uh, it's about connecting communities with photography. And, uh, and so uh, collecting all these portraits of people and their the cool thing is I figured out is because I have long lenses, uh, I can take images within the safe distance from people. So I'm not in their bubble. Um, and if not, if I get if I want anything closer, then I can set it up on a tripod with a remote and it's quite easy to do that. So that's that's the cool part. So um, so I started um, putting the word out to get um, people to get in contact with me and I'd pop around and do a portrait. And it's kind of grown momentum since then. Uh, and the Cool thing about it, I mean, my second shoot was of a guy, it was, it was his 70th birthday, and he was close by. And the cool thing is, um, part of it is, is everybody gets a free social media image. So I email them an image, part of the deal, and so that they can uh, send that to their family or friends. And in this particular incident, um, the brother and the sister from Auckland couldn't make it down, and they had that birthday. And he's not super healthy. He was on a walker. Um, so it was really cool, the feedback I got from them, because they could share that with, you know, with family. And I thought, wow, this is this is awesome. And then some of the other comments have been when they've, when I've, I've put um, images up is, um, is uh, you know, oh, you know, I haven't seen you for ages and uh, all your kids are growing up so much, you know, we'd love to catch up after this. So there's been lots of, connections virtually through the photography through round community which is really cool and the other cool aspect is this people are meeting and the stories oh my gosh um just uh it's like it's like going into a labyrinth of amazing people around in your community and we have 
you know, our houses are not set up in New Zealand often to be that kind of neighbourly friendly. You, you drive past and there's a big fence or a big wall or something like that. And it looks pretty silent. But when you when you get past that barrier, it's just incredible who I've met uh, within the West Harbour and definitely around Port Chalmers community. We have some very awesome people in this uh, in this little neck of the woods, no doubt. And about the it. pictures are quite relaxed and candid. Oh yeah, totally. I'm I'm not about studio shots, so I like chaos. Um, I like something different. Um, I never get anybody to smile. They can just be. I just want them to be them. And um, uh, some people might have seen the uh, the, the uh, article in the ODT. Um, Mike Wheeler's family, his kids were climbing all over them. Um, and that's perfect. That's the perfect shot to me. I like getting the essence. I, You know, uh, there was a, a, a colleague and a friend of mine um, I photographed. He was cycling through, passing through uh, in level three uh, out in this training. And I caught up with him and I asked him if I could take a photo. Um, so t I snapped a shot of him. And, and and part of the deal is people send back their stories. And uh, it was, a, I don't know, a couple of, three days later, he rang me in the evening and he um, he was just blown away with the image. He said it caught him exactly raw how he was and he was so thankful for the image. And that's, that's what I'm trying to achieve with all my photography is catching the soul of people and uh, the essence of people, how they are naturally. You achieve that at our house by turning up three quarters of an hour early, and we were in the garden. Perfect. I thought that was perfect. <laughs> you were digging the driveway, yeah. and then you said, "Don't cycle down the driveway," and I did because <laughs> you know that's a red bull to a me. <laughs> Tell me not to, and I probably will give it a go. Um, yeah, and it was great. I, I I actually make times. I I allocate about half an hour for a photo shoot. And I often get it done in about five or ten minutes. But um, but I, I like spending time talking to people. I, I love getting to meet the people and listening to their stories. Um, and I learn a lot from that. But also it's very energy-giving to learn about other people's stories and to listen. And no one in my book, absolutely no one in the world is ever boring. Um, they all have something to uh, say. They all have amazing stories um, to listen to. And it's uh, it's rejuvenating. And that's actually been part of my good energy for, you know, while this lockdown's been. It's actually been really good for my soul as well. And it's and that's also, I'm a, I'm a people person, so I like connecting with people and having a chat to them. So I can have a chat at a distance. No one is ever boring, but they might be getting fed up with their own company. <laughs> well, that's where I come. They can talk to me. <laughs> I can be their company for a little while. <laughs> Bubble Sprite of the Forest of Orokanui, Dunedin's favourite goddess, Tahu Mackenzie. Kia ora koutou, na mihi aroha nui, kia koutou ko tahuhau. I hope you're all having the best day. Beautiful, amazing superstars. And I hope you're all feeling very happy and very proud and very full of love and very full of excitement and very full of expectation and joy and courageous vigour and resplendent rigour and all of the things that make you who you are, a triumph of nature's art, the product of literally billions of years on the face of this planet based on our understanding currently and 
I hope that you're really looking forward to level two. So of course it was announced today that we're moving from level three to level two. And for me, this is just wonderful because it means that I can return to my beloved workplace, Orokunui Eco Sanctuary. And I'm going to really look forward to visiting all of the beautiful places in the eco sanctuary that I love, but especially reconnecting with one of my best friends, Waimarie the eel. I'm going to really look forward to seeing her and feeding her, but especially I'm going to look forward to gazing into her blue eyes and feeling the love that connects us. And I thought it would be a wonderful opportunity today to really celebrate the love that we are and the love that we feel and the love that we know. And I hope that in this time, you have really had the opportunity to return to the love that is within you at all times. And I hope that you've had an opportunity to slow down and take a wee step back from that constructed human world and allowed yourself to feel the love that surrounds you constantly beaming your way from the real world, the natural world, the living world, of which we're all a part. So for me, as a species of animal, we are just so adept and we excel, for me, at loving, at feeling love, and using that love that we feel to really create the best, most positive transformations in the world around us. So for me, without love, there would be no science, there would be no art, there would be no creativity of any kind. There would, we wouldn't be here, no life would be here without that love. Because for me, love is that power that brings new things into being and cares for them and sustains them. And so we can all feel very proud and very adept at loving. As a dream team of five million, we have loved ourselves and we have loved each other. And we have cared for each other through this extremely interesting time when an aspect of that real world, that living world, has come in to the constructed human world and turned things upside down for us for a while. And of course, we want to honour and we want to care for all of those who have suffered through this time. And we do and we will. We're very good at that. And that is a part of loving. But we also want to take the lessons of love that we have learned in this time and use them in the best way to help us going forward. So for me, I've had the opportunity to really love my beloved bubble and take it to the next level in terms of my beautiful hey hey, my beautiful kittens, my new understanding and dedication to organization and cleaning, my appreciation for myself and how to attain all the happy chemicals and sense of internal and external spaciousness that I require to feel really, really good my connection with my partner and how to establish a routine that works well for us both. All these things I'm so grateful for that have come about because of 
a really interesting and challenging time. So for me, one of the biggest lessons that I have learned is that when things are challenging, it is an opportunity to love them and to love them so much that the power of my love transforms them. And I'm going to continue to practice this forever now. And I'm sure you will too. And I'm sure you are. And I'm sure you have. So I hope that in this time you've really enjoyed feeling yourself loving. And I hope that as we move from level three to level two, you will enjoy loving all your memories of this time, all the things that you've loved. And I hope that you get to keep some of them with you as you move forward into other parts of your beloved life. I'll look forward to talking to you next time. Thanks so much. Kakiti. You're talking earlier about the Outdoor Instructors Association, outdoor leadership. Is that going to get through all this? I'm going to say yes, or I had to think about my, my answer there slightly. Yeah, I um, you have an hour. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, people may have seen you know, the likes of um, Outward Bound and Hillary Outdoors did big campaigns to try and help um, crowdfund, I suppose, essentially, to help them get through because both of them have got um, operating costs that don't stop through this time, like many businesses. Um, and, you know, they all, I think, have acknowledged that they may be slightly smaller, at least initially, because people have got to start traveling again. But fortunately, it does look like it's going to help. Sport New Zealand has um, it's still got a huge amount of money that they're, they're offering up, and they, they're really kind of trying to help the sport and recreation industry. They've recognized the importance for New Zealanders and for mental health of getting out and being active so they're, they're definitely trying to keep this all going. Yeah it's, a, it's interesting because um, that's an industry that both Joe and I have worked many many years in and um, and we still are part of that and still contributing to that part of the industry as well um, and it's um, it's kind of been I think probably definitely in the 20th century um, a given, you know, going into the outdoors for a Kiwi. Um, and um, and interestingly, societies have, have kind of gravitated towards the, the populated centres like towns and cities and what have you, more so, I think. And we need these places even more so now. We, we need our young people to be um, coached. We need our young people to be coaxed um, to get into more, uh, get away from the screens and into those settings. And it's, it's kind of interesting because we, you know, for years, teaching in the outdoors, we always knew that there was something special. We always knew that it was actually really uh, important for the soul. Um, and now when you look at so much research, it's proving, you know, that actually it's incredibly important to get into wilderness areas um, and it's really, really good for mental health. Um, it's really good for physical health. Uh, and um, and we don't we want we want to stay connected. Um, we don't want to become disconnected from our from our own earth. Mm. We we spend uh, you know you could go through the day and not stand on the earth. 
pause on that one. Just think about that one. You could spend you could spend the whole day um, never touching the earth. You you'll touch stuff that's been converted by people. You you'll touch stuff that's actually you know the composites are different. So it's concrete and it's um, your shoes and it's and 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 it's buildings and it's your new carpet and your place and things like that. But actually, when when do people actually get into an area where you know their skin touches the earth? Where, where where do you get where you know you're breathing in the same air as the trees, and so um, and not the cars going by on the roads? And I think people really need to do that. Uh, and it's and research is showing that actually it's incredibly important for. For, for humans? Um, I think just, you know, looking at the outdoor industry, you know, we've kind of talked about more the instructional side of it, but there is also the tourism side. Um, and I, I, I would like to be really rosy there, but I just, if, if we're not having tourists coming in, then the number of tourist operators doing sea kayaking, guided walks, all of those kind of things, which again are providing a really valuable service. And I think there could be a very good opportunity for New Zealanders to be able to um, experience uh, the amazing um, experiences that they have to offer. Um, I, just, I just don't see how so many can stay in existence with there just being so fewer tourist numbers. But but here's an opportunity, eh? Here's an opportunity for tourism. It's, it, it, mm -hmm. you know, the New Zealand tourism, I would love to see Tourism New Zealand actually say, actually, it's not about the numbers. Let's not try and have 4 million people come to New Zealand and crank it up and let's get that to 6 mm -hmm. million people. We, we need to kind of now revise, and you take places like Abel Tasman, there needs to be a caveat on the numbers because it needs to, uh, we need to establish through research and through science what is what is a sustainable number where we're um we're playing a regenerative game not a sustainable game and so if we could do that and um once the borders open up we start we start um charging a premium i mean new zealand's got so much advertising out of this COVID 19 actually because um a lot of people overseas are looking at, at uh new zealand as being a very safe country to be what we need to do is keep it that way, but also we need to look at the numbers and revise that and mm. change the, you know, pe people who work in the outdoor industry aren't paid that well. And we need to up that. We need to pay people better, but also that will be reflected by changing the economy and, and what we charge. Um, so I'd love to see that revised mm. and changed. That would be awesome. Quality over quantity. Yeah, absolutely. So um, if people... Uh, in those powerful positions that make those decisions, if they could kind of reconsider that, that'd be great. I'm this is our help. chance to, to to think about what regenerative tourism looks like, regenerative yeah, outdoor yes, experiences look to, like. Yes, and we need to have those conversations and start using those words um, because words are really powerful, um, and we need to uh, we need to label things correctly as well. And this is a chance to kind of reflect back and actually. Relanguage. Language is insanely impossible. Just amazing. I mean, it, um, and and you take movies. Uh, you know, Hollywood and media has a lot to answer for in regards to how 
collectively a human species actually reacts. Mm-hmm. Take um take the you know the transition between level four and level three, right? For probably about three or four days, media were advertising takeaways. It's just <laughs> I thought that was really insane. And what they actually could have done better is if they were going to do that, I'm, I'm all about supporting the small businesses, but actually support um, the small businesses that um, give away healthy food, you know, things like that, and that are not corporates. You know, support the small little people that um, have small little businesses that are giving, you know, good food away. So that'll be awesome. Um, anyway. It looks like this time the message or the, 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 the hype is going to be around who you're going to hug first. Yes. That, that seems a lot more wholesome. I'll give you a, a hug, Joe. Oh, so, so you're talking about touching the earth. Do you have any plans for the weekend? <laughs> yeah, look, I, I, I'm sorry for those that are just going, rolling their eyes and go, oh, God, he's a tree hugger. But, um, yeah, t- touching the earth is, is uh, what have we got planned for the weekend? Um, oh, well, if the, if the wind's good, we'll yeah. definitely be taking the sea kayaks out because yeah. there may have yeah. been a new one of those arrived during, <laughs> as yeah, Level 3 true. came in. Yeah, yeah. Joe borrows my sea kayak and it's too big, so she <laughs> flops around in it. So that'll be exciting. Um, yeah, we get we get out on the bike. Um, definitely Molly will demand her demands. And then... Um, uh, yeah, and get out in the water is just uh, just so fantastic. It's good for the soul being on the sea, no doubt about it. And there's been some particularly good sunrises the last couple of weeks. Ah, yes. Oh, hasn't the weather been amazing? Like, um, you know, they say talking about the weather is um, is kind of a boring conversation, but I love the weather, and the <laughs> weather's amazing. I could talk about it all day, actually, but, you know, the sunrises um, in our part of the world are just magical, and... Uh, um, it's kind of um, a little bit awkward this time of year because they get later and later, so it interferes with work because um, I'm waiting and then running <laughs> home with my camera. Um, they're great when they're about 7 o'clock in the morning because I can, I can fit it in before work. But they are beautiful on the East Coast here. There's no doubt about it. And very okay. good for the soul. I've had too many groups whinge at me because I've made them get up at ridiculous o'clock <laughs> in the morning <laughs> in the middle of summer <laughs> to yeah. go to the top of a hill for a sunrise. Oh, you see, I imagined it was Andy dragging you out. <laughs> oh, <laughs> no, I didn't. It doesn't take much to go out. I, on, on, uh, when I proposed um, to Joe, actually, actually, when I was courting Joe, my test piece was, you know, Hey Joe, I've got this great idea, and there'll be a really good sunrise. We'll have to get up at four in the morning. And her reaction was immediately, "Yeah, sure," without a flinch. So <laughs> that was definitely a tick in the box for me, no doubt about it. Okay, so we have some questions to end with, and not very much time to get through them, so it'll have to be quick. Okay. What is what has been your biggest success in the last couple of years? Oh my God, <laughs> you see easy questions, don't you? Uh, biggest success, I think, has been in the last couple of years, um, probably two, and that would be um, establishing the photography company that I'm running um, and uh, and sharing the images and, and having the feedback from people, I think. Um, and the other one is, I think, um, at Otago Polytechnic running to Pateo I think not me, like, you know, collectively with the staff and the team, I think we've done a really good job and we had some real big challenges. You know, I got, I got given a building four days and then 
uh, we invited 170 people through the door and um, we were working to about one o'clock in the morning the night before. So I think, I think that's testimony to my staff. Um, absolutely. They're amazing. Uh, so I think they're the, they're the two big um, successes, I think. How about you? Um, I think my biggest success is that um, I've, in the last two years, I've had the opportunity to walk alongside quite a few learners making some incredible, amazing difference in this world and actually get to see them not only make that difference and or start to make that difference, but to also complete um, qualifications along the way and get that tohu to kind of show for it. Well, I think we finished our masters too at some stage. That might be, I don't know when that was, but I think that it might, might be a success. I think that might be over two years ago, though. <laughs> well, sorry. <laughs> so we're writing a book of these conversations. It's called Tomorrow's Heroes the collection of people, the team of people doing good work. So you're at our mansion. So what's the superpower that's got you there? And what I want to know is I want to hear each of you tell each other's superpower. Okay. Oh. Good one. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> right, so, okay. So Joe's superpower is, um, hmm, uh, oh, God, I got to read the question, but definitely her ability to care and listen. Um, she is amazing at that. And um, uh, I, it's probably my fault for pushing her along to um, be a little bit more direct, but um, uh, she's good at reading between the lines where I'm bloody useless. I'm just like, <laughs> I need a, a bit black and white, really. So um, I miss the cues on the odd occasion. So that's that's her superpowers. Oh, and on top of that, she's an amazing cook. Yeah. Uh, so Andy's superpowers are his amazing way of being able to break down barriers between people um, so that people can actually start communicating and getting on with each other as well as um, capturing moments for people. Here we go. Yeah. And lastly, do you have any advice for our listeners? <laughs> oh, my gosh. Um, I was always told it was good not to necessarily give advice. <laughs> yeah, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. And that it's better to listen to let people tell you what they wanted. Well, um, uh, the, probably the best advice I can suggest is... Um, is breathe, uh, you know, mm. um, stress is, is going to be around and high for everybody. Um, well, not everybody, but, um, uh, and breathing is one of the most simple things that we all take for granted. And it's amazing if you actually just stop and sit and focus on your breath for about one minute, and that's actually really hard, like, mind you, you try it because your mind will wander off. Um, that's my best advice. Breathe. Focus on your breathing. There's a poster at work that says, breathe in, breathe out. And I always think that if you need that level of instruction, it should also say repeat. <laughs> yes, good yeah. idea. Yes, good idea. Sign that disclaimer. <laughs> That's yours. Um, I think my advice would be to remember some of the calmness and the adventuring that you've done in your own neighbourhoods that I think most people have done and is try and think about how you can keep some of that, I suppose, however crazy households may have been, some of that stillness that has been enforced upon us as we move forward. Yeah, and one thing that we do every day um, is we remind ourselves on things that we're grateful for the day. Um, and um, initially... Joe started that with me, and it's like it's stuck every night. 
but it's really good to reflect back on your day and just kind of reconsider what you are grateful for. And that does have a really positive effect long term um, on each person. Initially, you might feel a bit weird doing it, but it's worth it. Persevere with that. Thank you very much for joining me. Oh, you're very welcome. And thank you so much for having us both on. We really enjoyed it. Thank you. You've been listening to Blowing Bubbles, positive conversations with people in their bubbles, their safe spaces around the world, brought to you by the Sustainable Lens Team, which is brought to you by Otago Polytechnic. We broadcast on Otago Access Radio every weekday afternoon at three and streamed and podcast on oar.org.nz. You can find us on Facebook as well. We've had contributions from Tahu McKenzie and Liesl Mitchell. What's your website, Andy? It's uh, Andy Thompson Photography NZ.co.nz. I'm Samuel Mann in Sawyers Bay, Dunedin. I've been talking with Andy Thompson and Joe Thompson in Port Chalmers. We hope you enjoyed the show. This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand on the air.